Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. How many are really thankful to be in God's house today? Amen. Such a good place to be. So honored that you are here today. We kicked off a brand new series last week entitled The Other Guy. Can you hit your neighbor and tell him real quick, The Other Guy? Now, you, you may ask, why the other guy? You know, what, what is this about? Well, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit, what we have to understand about the Holy Spirit is that he is just as much God as God the Father and God the Son. And we know from the word of God that God the Father is in heaven, Jesus has ascended, and he has been made to, to sit beside the Father in heaven, and the Holy Spirit, he is the only one still on the earth, yet he is the most misunderstood and ignored person of the Godhead. And how many know that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the earth right now? Okay. That, that's kind of the premise. That's why we're calling this the other guy. And so in week one, we asked the question, who is the Holy Spirit? And we learned that the Holy Spirit is a person that has a mind, will, and emotions. Uh, and then or Wednesday night, if you missed first Wednesday, I want to encourage you now to go back and listen to it. We talked about the third baptism. Scripture teaches us that there are three baptisms, that the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus, into Jesus, that the disciple baptizes us in water, and that Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And so we walk through that. And so I just want you to know the Holy Spirit, he is a person and he wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. Um, he is mentioned 800 times in scripture. Everywhere you turn, you find him. He is one of the most dominant figures in scripture, yet he remains one of the most debated. Now, some of you, you come from a background that avoided the Holy Spirit altogether. Some of you came from a background, maybe like me, I have never been a part of a church that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. I, I have been around it my whole life, 41 years I've been around it. But sometimes even that can produce a negative impact in your life because what happens is, is that people start attaching their tradition and their opinion to the Holy Spirit and it limits the amount of impact the Holy Spirit can have. Now you may be here and you say, I, you know, I wasn't a part of a church that avoided it or a part of a church that ever spoke about it. I've just heard so much debate about it. I have just set that part of my faith to the side. I would say to you that is a big, big mistake because the Holy Spirit wants to play a major role in your life, in your relationships, in your finances, in your ministry, at your job. How many of the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every part of your life? But you have, to, you have to give him access to do that. Now, before I get into today, I, I want to throw this out there because I know you may have invited some friends next week. I'm just giving, just, just a warning, not, not to be scared, but next week the whole sermon is on tongues. That's what I thought the reaction would be. Now, now here, here's what I want to tell you about the message that, that I'm going to preach about tongue, what the Bible says about tongues. I'm not going to give like, 
theory or opinion or any of that next week. I'm going to go through the scripture and allow the word of God to speak for itself. And at the end of it, you'll be able to make your own decision about tongues. Uh, Let me say real quick, tongues is only one of the nine gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. There are eight other ones, but I think tongues is usually where everybody goes. We're going to kind of clear that up next Sunday. Hit your neighbor and tell them, don't miss next week. Some of you are like, I'll stay home next week. I'll watch that one online. All right, so our, our message today is continual or occasional. Continual or occasional. So I want to ask a question to kick this off. Would you say that the Holy Spirit's activity in your life, would you say for you personally, is it continual or is it occasional? And it's a very important question to ask because the answer to that question will determine how much you experience the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, There are some things in our lives or at our homes that you may consider it's got to be continual, and there's other things that you would say that's occasional. For example, at our house, grilling or the barbecue, uh, to me, that needs to be continual. Now, now Karen would say that that's probably just occasional, but I'm kind of like, who needs a stove or an oven? Give me some raw meat and a fire. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, continual. Uh, I'll give you one more. Um, At our house, Karen and I feel that bathing should be continual. (laughs) Our boys feel it should be occasional. Anybody raising middle schoolers or close to it, you know what I'm talking about. But there are some things that we would consider continual, and there are other things we would say that's just occasional. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, a lot of people miss out on what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life because they consider him an occasional experience, and so they forfeit all the things he wants to do on a day-to-day basis. And, and, and so if you're one of the occasional people, like it's oh, the Holy Spirit, he's great, nothing against him, but that's kind of an occasional thing, then you probably have a mindset of that, that, you know, God will help me today because it's a Sunday, but you're not so sure about the rest of the week. If you have an occasional mindset, you would probably be quick to to be the person that would only really cry out to God if things in your life got really, really bad. Now now I need his help. If you're an occasional person, you you say things like, um, the Holy Spirit was really in that service, as if he's not in all the services. Oh, come on, somebody. Like we, we, we struggle because we think he's occasional when God, you know, really means for him to be continual in our life. And when we think he's occasional, we will continue to struggle in our life because we won't have the confidence because we won't know God is leading us. We'll struggle with sin because we'll be facing temptation in our own power. We won't operate in our gifts because we'll be moving in our own strength. And so there's a lot of things that we forfeit when we do not see the Holy Spirit as a continual factor in our lives. Now, let's start here, and then I'm going to read some some scriptures to you out of the Gospel of John. But when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit, he never spoke about the Holy Spirit as being occasional. Never did he do that. Here's the point one here. The Holy Spirit is not an occasional visitor. He is a constant friend. 
a constant friend, all right? His power is not scarcely available to you. His power is available to you 24-7. Jesus did not describe him as a miracle worker who faded, but he described him as, as a force in your life moment by moment. And, and so one of the most unbelievable statements in the scripture was made by Jesus about the Holy Spirit. And I want to read that to you out of John chapter 16, verse number 7. Here's what Jesus said. But very, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. He's speaking to his disciples. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, when we read that, we, 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 we kind of know the end of the story, but, but the disciples had no clue. All they had known is that the last three and a half years, we have walked with the Son of God. And now he's telling us that it's to our benefit, our advantage, that he leave so that he could send a Holy Spirit who is spiritual that we can't even see with our own eyes. Like, Jesus, what are you talking about? How could it be beneficial for you to leave? We can see you. We can talk to you. We, we've watched you do miracles, but it's better for you to leave and that the Holy Spirit come. They struggled to really grab this. And, and so what we have to understand is that God was contained in a physical body in the form of Jesus while Jesus was on the earth. Okay, everybody following so far? He was contained in a physical body. And so there was only so much of him that could go around. Um, a great way to explain this to you, if we were to take Jesus' life and break it down so that every Christian, I'm not even saying the whole world, every Christian could have a little bit of time with Jesus, check this out, we'd have to give him six hours to sleep, all right, I think that's fair. We could give him an hour to eat, you know, all three meals, you get one hour to do that, Jesus. That's all we're giving you. And we'll give you one hour to pray because we know you like to do that, you know. So we'll, that's eight hours. But we're going to divide up all the other hours and, and your existence, and we're going to divide it among all the Christians in the world, which is about 2.2 billion people. Guess what? All of us would get .01 second with Jesus. You wouldn't even have time to take a selfie with him. All right? So Jesus says, I'm going away, but it's to your benefit because I am going to send another comforter. I'm going to send an advocate. And what he's really clearing up for them is that this, this person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, he's going to be with you continually. You're going to have constant access. And what Jesus is telling us is that the Holy Spirit in you is better than Jesus beside you. All the religious people just got mad at me. But that's what he's saying, that the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you is far greater than Jesus being beside you. And, and so he, he was, we, how many believe Jesus is right? Some of y'all mad, you're like, well, you're not mad at me, you're mad at Jesus. I'm sure the disciples are really upset over this statement. Like, how can it be better? But he continues to talk about the Holy Spirit and he gives us four benefits that come with the person of the Holy Spirit taking up residence in your life. Number one, the Holy Spirit will continually remind you. Hit your neighbor and tell him, you need a reminder. 
The Holy Spirit reminds us continually. This is so good. Look at John 14, 26, Jesus speaking. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The word teach in this is a very specific Greek word, and it doesn't mean to teach new information. It literally means to remind you of what you've already been taught. That the Holy Spirit will remind you of what you've already been taught. A great example would be professional baseball. Um, professional baseball, the major league players, they obviously they make millions of dollars to play a game they love, and they're really, really good at it. Uh, they do that because they love the game. They do it because they get paid. They do it because they are able to entertain fans. They do it for all those reasons. These, these are the best of the best. And before the season starts, they don't just show up and play game one of the season. They show up and they go to spring training where they throw and they catch and they hit. Now, these are the best hitters and fielders and, and people that can throw a baseball in the world. Yes, but they have to spend weeks and months months practicing something that they are the best at. And, and, and that teaches us very, something that I think we need to understand. Without reminders, what we know erodes. Without a reminder. How many are thankful for a spouse that will remind you every once in a while? Come on, somebody. That, that can tell you, hey, did you remember Sometimes Karen will say, uh, did you forget the kids? No, I'm on my way. You know what I'm saying? We, we need a reminder. We all need a reminder. And, and God says the Holy Spirit, listen, the same word, check this out. The same word for Holy Spirit is the word God used when God gave Adam a wife, Eve. It's the same word, helper. So, so men, if you're in trouble, the Holy Spirit and your wife should come running. All right, that's what that means. Some of y'all, like, uh-huh. All right, so, so he wants to give you new, not just new information, he wants to remind you of what you already know. Uh, and, 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 and what we need to know is that without that reminder from time to time, what we do know can erode. Without the Holy Spirit reminding me what I know, I begin to lose. Without him, I forget what it means to be a godly husband. Without him, I forget my identity in Christ. Without him, I, you know, I, I, I miss the mark on so many different levels. And, and I don't know how he is with you, but the Holy Spirit has to remind me every once in a while, Chad, I need you to love, forgive, and serve. Then he hits repeat. Chad, I need you to love. I need you to serve. I need you to forgive. Let me rewind that back for you, Chad, because you're not hearing me. Chad, I need you to love. I need you to forgive. And I need you to serve. You got a meeting this week. Chad, I need you to love. I need you to forgive. I need you to serve. You got in-laws coming in. Chad, I need you to love. I need you to forgive. I need you to serve. How many know that every one of us need that reminder from the Holy Spirit so that we don't lose what we know? He reminds us, and we need that reminder. Um, now, the reminder actually releases something else. 
check this out. A lot of times we'll read verse 26 that he reminds us, and we think, well, it ends, and then there's a new thought in verse 27 of that text, but it's not a new thought. It all runs together. So he said in verse 26, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I have said to you. Very next verse, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Could it be that Jesus is saying, when you remember what I've said, you will remain in peace? Do you know why fear comes into our life? We forget what God said. Fear, anxiety, all that stuff, it comes because we have forgotten what God has said. Holy Spirit says, I ain't going to let you forget what God has said. I'm not going to let you forget your identity. I'm not going to let you forget your calling. I'm going to remind you, and as I remind you, it will release the peace of God in your life. And, And the Holy Spirit, guys, he is available every second of every day. He is always available. He wants to speak peace over your dreams and over your job and over your marriage and over your children. He wants to do that but we have to give him access. Hit your neighbor and tell him you need a reminder. All right, number two, second benefit. The Holy Spirit will continually help you. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He helps us overcome obstacles that keep us from becoming who who God is destined for us to be. He helps us to overcome. Some of the obstacles that keep us from stepping into the abundant life Jesus talked about, some of those obstacles are, one being sin. How many of sin can hinder your progress? It can, it can trip you up. It can slow you down. Uh, sometimes it's simply bad thinking. One of the things I've learned in all the years of ministry, uh, it's a whole lot easier to take somebody who's known nothing about God and they come to church and get saved, it's a whole lot easier, don't take this the wrong way, for me to take them from point A to point B than it is for somebody who's been saved 30 years but they've been under bad teaching and have bad thinking. I can't, sometimes I can't even get them there because they have been trained so long. It's bad thinking. The Holy Spirit is a helper that helps us get through sin, that helps us overcome bad thinking, that helps us overcome the lies that the enemy uh, brings against us on a daily basis. So here's what Jesus said in John 16 and 7. I'm gonna connect a couple things here. It says, but I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and here it is, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. All right, Jesus, you're sending the Holy Spirit, and he's coming to help me, but he's helping me by convicting me. Oh, that sounds wonderful. No one likes conviction. No one likes conviction. And, and part of it is we don't, we don't see it the same way God sees conviction. For instance, he, he, he tells us here that in verse 9, because the next three verses really explain this, and I, I just want to say conviction is not punishment. Conviction is actually a blessing. As a matter of fact, if you never have conviction, the only alternative is outside of conviction is you're a reprobate and can't be helped. How many are now thankful for conviction? Now, don't really like this one. Look what he says in verse 9 because it explains what he's talking about. 
He says, concerning sin, I, I convict concerning sin because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I'm going to break this down, what he's talking about here. He says, I'm going to convict of sin, all right? I'm going to convict of sin. In other words, what we have to understand, the Holy Spirit's role is to bring us into a relationship with God. He does that through conviction. Without the Holy Spirit, you couldn't get saved. He draws us into, without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't even have knowledge that you need a Savior. Like, you know, that, that, that the reason you're saved is that the Holy Spirit made this revelation available to you, that you are a sinner and you had accumulated a debt that you could not pay, and he's the one that lets you know. You can't pay it, but guess what? Jesus can, and he, he connects your heart with his heart and brings you into a relationship with God. Without the Holy Spirit, that is not possible. So conviction is a gift, even though many times we don't see it as a gift. How many know that it's a gift, all right? Are you thankful for conviction? <laughs> Secondly, he convicts of righteousness, and I, I love this one, because we usually think that one means, well, he's going to point out everything I do wrong. That's not what this means. It means that He's going to remind us, again, we're going back to the word remind. Once we are in Christ, he says, the Holy Spirit's coming because you won't see me, and he's going to convict of righteousness. So the, another word for con convict is convince. He said, he's saying, I'm going to convince, the Holy Spirit is going to convince you of your right standing with God. That when you are in relationship with God, the Holy Spirit reminds you, he convinces you that you are now in right standing. So when you have one of those weeks where you feel like, I've missed the mark several times this week, I said things I shouldn't say, I did things I shouldn't do, and you have that feeling of, I'm unqualified, and I'm not worthy, and I'm not good enough, it's at that moment moment that the Holy Spirit will begin speaking to you and saying, hey, what Jesus, what God accomplished in Jesus was far greater than what the devil accomplished in Adam. That everything God made available to Jesus has been made available to you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. You are in right standing with God. And you may not feel like it, but you need to know it's not based on your works anyway. It's based on the works of Jesus. And he starts reminding you of your identity, of who you are, and you say, well, I just don't feel like I'm righteous or that I, that I should be made righteous. And he will say, well, Jesus didn't deserve to be made sin, but he became sin so that you could become righteous. And so he begins reminding you and convincing you that you are in right standing with Jesus. And he speaks to our heart. And many times, because we've not given him access and the enemy is always screaming and yelling his lies, we, we're missing out when the Holy Spirit is trying to confirm who we are. We're missing out on it. So he says he'll remind you. He'll, he'll let you know. He convicts us. He convinces us that we are righteous. Then he, there's a third layer there. He says he convicts the world, uh, uh, convicts us of judgment. 
And, and what this means, when you study this out at that time, we know that Satan was the prince and the power of the air. He was, he was kind of the ruler until after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And then we know Jesus took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, took back the power, took back the authority. And so what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit will convince us that the devil has already been judged and defeated and that every lie that he, that he speaks against you is null and void because of what Jesus did. How many are thankful that Jesus Jesus took the power back from the enemy, and no matter what he says or does, we know who has the victory. That is Jesus and us because we are in Christ. Um, so many Christians, you hear them come in, and you, you can kind of know where a conversation is going real quick. Y'all know what I'm talking about when they come in, and they're like, the devil's been on my back. Devil's been wearing me out. I feel like the devil is all around me. He's been chasing my tail all week. And I get what you're saying, but listen, the devil may be on you, but it's the Holy Ghost that's in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, so you know, yeah, you may be going through things externally, and there may be some things coming against you and on you, but the Holy Spirit is in you. And that's what Jesus was trying to convey to his disciples. It's better that I leave, guys. I'm just beside you. But I'm sending another one. He's going to take up residence in your life. You cannot become who, who God is destined for you to be without the Holy Spirit's help. It's impossible. We have to have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because by nature, you're selfish. That went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> By nature, you are selfish, you're ungodly, you're immoral. By nature, because we have the nature of Adam. By nature, we, we have tendencies that are not good. But because of the Holy Spirit's conviction, we're able to come out of that and start walking in integrity. By nature, most of us, would, we would just walk around in shame, guilt, and condemnation all the time. But because the Holy Spirit convinces us of our righteousness, we can overcome guilt, shame, and condemnation. By nature, we, we would listen to the lies of the devil and just, yeah, I am a worm. Yes, I am unqualified. We just repeat what he says. But the Holy Spirit lets me know I have been set free, which cancels all the enemy's lies. And so he is constantly telling us good things that we're missing out on. Hit your neighbor and tell him, listen to the Holy Spirit. I promise it's good stuff. He wants to do some good stuff in your life. He wants to speak to you. So he will continually remind us. He will help us. Number three, the Holy Spirit will continually comfort you. Look at John 14, 16. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, and he will never leave you. This word comforter means counselor, intercessor, advocate, and one who strengthens. So I'm sending you someone that's gonna counsel you, comfort you, he's gonna intercede for you, he's gonna strengthen you. And, and the picture in, in the Greek here is that it's a picture of a person carrying something, but what they are carrying is too heavy for them to really carry. So they got one side of it up, but the other side is dragging. You, you ever carried something where you had one side and the rest of it's dragging? 
all right? It's just like on the ground. The, the picture is the Holy Spirit is the one who comes and picks up the end that's dragging on the ground. He picks up the other side and carries it with you. In other words, you don't have to carry your loneliness alone. You don't have to carry your depression alone. You don't have to carry that bankruptcy alone. You don't have to carry any of that stuff alone because God has sent one who comes alongside who lives in you that will pick up the load that you can't carry by yourself. Anybody thankful for a Holy Spirit that carries the load that we can't carry? That's the picture Jesus has given. He will pick it up. He will carry it. There are many times people come into my office, and I'll be honest with you, I don't have an answer for them. And it stinks to be a pastor, and people want answers, and you don't have one because when they come in and they say, I lost my job, I filed bankruptcy, me and my husband are getting divorced, my kids are on drugs, how many know me saying step one, two, and three doesn't help? When their whole world has fallen apart, I could give them step one, step two, step three, but they're not hearing that. Because their whole world, their marriage, their finance, their health, their kid, like they got all this stuff going on. And it's in those seasons and in those meetings that, that I'll just say, can I pray with you? And it's so powerful what happens because I'll say a simple prayer like, Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us. Holy Spirit, be their comfort, be their peace. Holy Spirit, just do what they can't do. God, help them to see that you're with them, that you'll help carry the love. And, and listen, they get up. They leave the meeting and nothing about their world has changed, but their countenance has. Something's different. Why? Because they leave my office and it wasn't because I had an answer. It was because the one whom Jesus said would come and take up residence, he has now began to comfort them and now they know I'm not dealing with that bankruptcy and that failed marriage and, and those crazy kids by myself. I got one who's going to see me through it, going to help me carry this thing so I can get to the other side. It didn't change the situation. It just changed the, the level of peace they had. And I'm thankful for the times that I don't have an answer for my own life. But I got a peace in knowing who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to help me do. It's a powerful thing that he will come and he will comfort you. He will remind me, he will help me, he will comfort me. And number four, the Holy Spirit will guide me. He'll guide me. John 16, 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. A guide is completely different than a teacher. A teacher instructs you based on what they know. That's what a teacher does. A guide instructs you based on where they've been. This is powerful. The Holy Spirit can guide you into your future because he's already been there. He's not just pointing like, like if you were to go to the Grand Canyon and you had a guide, 
The guide wouldn't just point to the map and say, go here, eat there, put your tent up there. They wouldn't just point it to a map. The guide would say, come on, I've already been there. I know where they're going to lead you into a future because they've already been there. God's saying, I already know what your kids are called to do. I've already seen their future. I'll guide. I'll, I'll lead. I've already seen it. I've already seen your career and what you're going to do and what the difference you're going to make. I've already been in your future, so follow me. I will guide you. See, God is not limited by time or space. He lives in eternity, which, which means he sees the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. That's why he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. God exists outside of time. He's already seen your tomorrow. He, he wants to guide us into our future. But we got to let him do that. We got to give him an opportunity to do that for us. See, everything you need is already on the inside of you. Some of us, we're just saying, if I could get this and if I could get that, and if that would work out, then I, I could be who God's called me to be. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit has deposited anointing on the inside of you. It's already there. And that the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God and the will of God. Which means the Holy Spirit knows everything God knows, right? He's God the Holy Spirit. And you may not know everything, but the one who lives in you already knows everything. And so if he has the knowledge and he knows everything, then he can, he can inform you and let you know. The problem is, here's the problem. Everything you need is in you. He knows all things. He's been in your future. The problem is our mind. Our mind has to catch up with what God has put in our heart with what the Holy Spirit already knows about our life, about our future, about our children, what, what he already knows. It's already in you. But that's why Paul said you got to renew your mind every single day. It's got to be transformed. It's got to be renewed so that what's up here can catch up with what's in here. Worship team, you all can come. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you into your next place. I recently learned about the job of, a, I read about the job of a riverboat pilot. I'd never really heard about these, these guys, but what they do is when giant tankers come in and they approach a certain port, that many times th these tankers are so large and, and the passageway is so narrow that it's difficult for the captain of the tanker to, to navigate it, to get that tanker through there. And so, the, the, the person that is entitled the riverboat pilot, he's an expert in the passageway of this, this narrow passage. And so they'll phone him, and he'll take a little boat, come out to the tanker, all right? Come out to the tanker. He will get on boat. But here's the interesting thing with, with this, what this guy does. When he gets on the boat, he doesn't take over. He doesn't say, give me the wheel. He doesn't, like, navigate it through. He knows, he's an expert, but he stands behind the captain of the ship. And even though he knows the way perfectly, he knows how to navigate this thing, what he does, he stands behind the captain and offers suggestions so that the, ca the captain can navigate that boat through that narrow passage. And, and the point, you say, what's your point, Pastor? The point is the Holy Spirit is not going to live your life for you. 
He's not going to do it for you. He's going to lead. He's going to guide. He's going to tell you the right path. But how many know we still have a choice? He's not going to make me do it the right way. He's not going to make me take the right path. He's going to say, hey, Chad, you need to, like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You need to do this. But we still have a free will. We still get to choose. And so the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not just going to take over your body and you're going to become a robot and automatically do the right thing. Every day you are presented with an opportunity to choose God's will or not. And oftentimes the way God's will unfolds in your life, listen, we think God's will is destiny. No, it's not. It's not destiny. It's every day doing the right thing, I end up at destiny. I can't just arrive here all the way over there if I've ignored the Holy Spirit every day. That's why I said he can't be occasional. He has to be continual. That's the way Jesus described it. Not occasional, but continual. In John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you another advocate to help you, be, help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he believe, he lives with you and will be in you. I said this on Wednesday night. And, and I, I think it's worth saying again. Up until Jesus came, when the Spirit of God came upon somebody, the Spirit of God would come upon them and then depart. They would have moments in the presence of God. But then the, the, the Spirit of God would depart. It wasn't until Jesus that John the Baptist talked about whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. Jesus was the first one that the Holy Spirit came and remained. Everybody else up until him had only experienced it in moments. You talk about Saul in the Old Testament. One minute he's prophesying and the next minute God's saying, you're not my chosen vessel. David, great anointed man, great worshiper, giant killer, all that stuff. But we know he committed adultery. And then he prayed, God, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Moses, great man. He wore a veil, the Bible says, in the Old Testament. And a lot of us, we've always been taught he put the veil on because if people saw the glory that was on Moses, they would fall over dead. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says he put a veil over his face to keep the people from seeing that the glory that was on him was now fading away. They would go 400 years at one time and not one person experienced the presence of God. Not one person experienced, generations going by and nobody encountering the spirit of God. Jesus comes and changes all that. He comes and changes. Up until that point, the, the Holy of Holies was what everybody talked about. This one place where you could go in and encounter the presence of God and the Spirit of God. But the scripture says that when Jesus died and got up on the third day, defeating hell, that the veil in the temple, the veil in the temple was torn, not from the bottom up, suggesting that you and I could have done that. It was torn from the top down because God was saying, not only do I want people to get in, I'm ready to get out. I'm relocating. And guess what? He relocated into your life. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is housed on the inside of you and I. Come on, somebody, if you're thankful for that today, stand to your feet and give God a praise.
Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give God a praise. Hit your neighbor and tell him he's, he relocated. He's not beside me, he's in me. Could it be the answers that you need in your life? You've been asking all kinds of people and you've been, you've been going, you reading books and you're asking people and God was saying, if I could get you quiet long enough to hear, the Holy Spirit up out of your spirit will give you the direction you need. He will speak to you. Luke chapter 11, we're ending with this. Verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? There are three prayers you, I, I, I'm gonna encourage you to pray this week. Number one, I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, show me. Whatever it is, if it's in your marriage, your finances, what college to go to, or whatever, Holy Spirit, show me. Give him an opportunity to show you. Secondly, I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, change me. A lot of people are frustrated because they've been trying to change in their own power. Well, if I could just do this for 14 days in a row, I'd create a habit. That's all good, set habits, goals, all that stuff. But some people, they've been trying to change in their own power for the last 10 years and they're no different. The Holy Spirit will change you from the inside out and it's not about your power and your discipline, it's about His power and His ability to take you from one point to another. The third prayer, Holy Spirit, fill me. How much more Will our Heavenly Father give us the Holy Spirit if we simply ask? He says, I'll give it. Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Acts 13.52, and the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Before we pray, I want to break one thing because some people have been a part of churches that talk about the Holy Spirit that made them feel like those who flowed in the Holy Spirit were better somehow in, in, in people's minds. Listen, the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. Come on, somebody. That's a good place right there. It's not about being better than somebody. It makes you better than you. A better husband, a better wife, handle money better, raise kids better, do a better job at, at your place of employment. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? No one looking around for the next couple of moments. Holy Spirit, I ask that you do what we cannot do that you draw people into a relationship with God. You convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Make yourself known today powerfully. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus, to leave this place differently than you came in. So if you're here and you say, I need to be saved, I need my sins forgiven. I want to know Jesus personally. If that is you, whether in this room or online, 
if you're in this room, I'm gonna ask if that's you, you say, I wanna be saved. Would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, I wanna be saved, I wanna know Jesus. If that's you, would you throw your hand up? One over here, God bless you, God bless you. Another one over here, God bless you. Thank you for the one online, God bless you. Anyone else? Another one here, God bless you. Awesome, awesome. Come on, let's pray together. Another one here, God bless you. Maybe I just need to wait another minute. Anyone else, anyone else? Every voice lifted, let's pray together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate all those individuals real quick. Come on, give God a praise. I'm gonna ask the prayer team and staff to please come forward. We're gonna open up the altars. We're gonna do one more worship song. If you need prayer for anything at all today, we're here to pray with you and for you. Uh, don't miss out on this opportunity, all right? Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.